Judges chapter 7, Judges chapter 7, uh, verse 2. And it reads, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand have saved me. Lord, please bring a word for your people. Bring a word that convicts us, that raises us to another level in living, that brings us another step closer to you, that allows us to discern our friends and enemies, that catapults us into another level of service to you. We ask for you, Lord, to water this seed that is planted by the word of God and allow it to grow in our hearts and be fruitful for our lives and the lives of others. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. I want to speak to you from the subject, move the crowd. Move the crowd. In December of 2001, Nick Smith, a Republican congressman from Michigan, introduced the Universal Military Training Act of 2001. This called for the induction of young men into the armed forces who were registered under the Military Selective Service Act. Also, this authorized young female volunteers to receive basic training and education for up to one year. He went before the congressional floor and said, America faces a unique moment in history. Our nation is at war. We have been attacked on our own soil. Our homeland security is more at risk than it's ever been since World War II. A draft is necessary. Of course, this was... Uh, when 9-11 had happened 20 years ago and, and he felt like we had been under attack in our own house, in our own land. And he said, we need to invoke a draft. I don't know about you, but I believe that we earnestly declare that we need a draft right now in the kingdom of God. So many people, we go to Walmart and we go to Disney World and we go on vacation and we go to Kroger and we go to PetSmart and we go to the gym and we go to school and we go out to the club and we go to eat chicken wings and we go out to watch the game. But for some reason, in the midst of the pandemic, everybody acts like every place is safe but church. Oh, there is an undercurrent of attacks bombarding the kingdom of God. When you look on the internet and hear a priest teaching that there is no heaven or hell and no matter how we live, we'll be okay with God. When kids are being suspended for praying in schools and when people get to pick what bathroom they go to, whether they be male or female, come on somebody. When, when I can read Harry Potter and witchcraft at my job but risk losing it when I read my Bible, it is definitely a war zone for the kingdom of God. And God is looking for a few good men and a few good women. Your, 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 but see, your own life 
is already a testament. Look at how much hell has attacked you since you gave your life over to Jesus. The Lord is searching for people to draft. Not just anyone would do. He is selective, looking for those who will serve capably in his army. In case you didn't know, the Lord has recently been walking you through various trials to see whether you would stand the test of time. He had to allow you to endure some physical tests. Come on, somebody. Some sickness, some soul drain, and some pain. An ordinary person would have found a way to end their life, but you are still here and in your right mind. Perhaps you had an attitude and you may not have even known why you were angry or crying. Maybe you don't even know from where the tears are coming, but God has taken you through moral tests where he places you in various situations to show you how you've grown, whether you would fall for the same thing that you fell for prior to the testing of your faith. See, God grades us like special education teachers. He doesn't pass you by the traditional grading system. See, and in special ed, they give you an IEP or individualized education plan. And when you pass the test, you get better and better the next semester. But God doesn't give you an IEP. He gives you an IFP. Come on, somebody. He gives you an individualized faith plan. In Judges chapter 6, God dealt with the people that people claiming to have faith, but they were fickle. Oh, you know some people that say they with you, but when the wind blow hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they did what was seemingly right in their own eyes, but always ended up in bondage. After finding themselves enslaved, they would go through a season of repentance and prayer. The Lord would give them relief and a breakthrough. After this, they would go into revival and praise God for their escape from captivity. But soon, the revival would end. They would start the cycle over again, walk in disobedience and fall into bondage again. I believe that their, that their prayer went something like our prayer. Come on, somebody. God, if you can just get me home this time. I don't know if anybody threw that Hail Mary out there before, but, but, but I know I done prayed it many a day. Come on, somebody. Riding down the streets of Statesboro at Georgia Southern in my college. Lord, if you get me home this time, man. But isn't it like us? The Lord will bring us out of a situation. We will shout and praise for a while, but then return to the very thing God delivered us from. He wants to draft those who will fight to turn this around and elevate their standard of consciousness. People who will lead and stand in the gap for others. See, God drafted a man named Gideon. He told Gideon to lead an army even though he had no military experience and didn't know how to handle military weaponry. See, by experience and certification, Gideon was not a soldier but a farmer. Whenever God calls you, he calls you to do something you have no experience, no education or training for, but just wants to see if you will trust him. Many have run from the call saying they can't do it. God will call you into service and the only way you will be successful is to take him with you. Oh, y'all don't hear me. See, 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 I didn't have enough sense to know that I was supposed to do certain things as a pastor. See, God called me and I had no experience. 
I remember when I was interviewing at New Beach Grove and at the old building, I walked by and y'all had, this person had 20 years, this person had five years, and y'all had by my name none. Caps. N-O-N-E. None. Caps. You laughing too hard. You must have put it on there. Miss Mary did. Now I know who did it. All caps. They ain't have nothing. They, they, they ain't trying to put more principal experience in there, nothing. But God, so you got to understand, God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. See, y'all, y'all, y'all don't hear me. Some of you all wait until you get a degree. You wait until all these things that man has put these systems in. But you better start walking in what God has called you to do and get your, maybe, yeah, get your paperwork, get it, but walk in it before. Y- y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. I was preaching before I got my license. I asked, I asked my pastor for permission, but I was preaching before I even got a license. Y'all don't hear me. I remember when I was at this church in Norfolk. Lord knows I'm not going to say the name. And, and I remember the, the pastor kept talking about New Beach Grove had called this pastor with no experience. Because they don't really want no pastor. That's why they get rid of pastors all the time. They get rid of a pastor every year. So, so this young man ain't got no experience. They're going to get rid of him too. And they call him because they ain't want nobody. And you know, I was saved, but I wasn't pastorally saved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you were my inner circle, you still might not think I'm pastorally saved because I, I might say something to you if you're my inner circle. But church folk, y'all, y'all don't see me lose my way. But, but I was saved, but I was the, I lay hands on you till you get delivered, saved. And so the man kept talking. And after about, about five minutes, I got tired. I said, hey, sir, I know this your church. I get it. You an elder. But you're not going to keep talking about me and my church in my face for too much longer. I need you to just wait till I leave. And your, and your old pastor, Pastor Jones, he was trying to take care of me. He pulled me outside. You know how you're really not mad until somebody try to stop you from being mad? Then you just get mad for real. And he kept telling me, oh, no, come on, pastor, because you don't want to mess up here because this is a good church to preach at. And we don't want to. I, I don't care. I'm giving you the, 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 you know, the edited version. He, he, I don't care. I'm not worried about that. God called me because he called me, and I don't care if I never preach at anybody else's church as long as I preach what God is telling me to preach. See, the problem was this. Everybody thought you had to be qualified by man in order to walk. And somebody goes, see, the reason why we was already doing technology and streaming is because I wasn't educated enough by man to know I wasn't supposed to do that in church. Oh, remember, remember somebody came in there and called me the devil? They called me the devil at my own church because we were streaming on the iPad. They ain't nothing but the devil. Same folk asking us to set it up to help them now. And you know what's so good? Because I already didn't care about what people thought. Now everybody is lost in COVID-19. But what I love about God is I already knew I couldn't pastor 10 years ago because he called me into something I had no experience with. My daddy wasn't a pastor. I didn't have family members that were pastors. I didn't have anybody around me to help walk me through it. So the only way I could walk through it was with 
God. And now in the pandemic, people say, when you going to open up? When you going to put them back outside? When you going to have the screen up? We, I don't know. You need to write a strategic plan. I don't need to write a strategic plan for that. I just need to hear what thus saith the Lord. Can I tell you why God want to call you? He wants to call you when you're not qualified because when you're not qualified and you know you're not, you will listen. Don't you hate talking to people that always know the answer, especially when they don't know the answer? That's why Paul said, I glory in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my necessities, in my weaknesses. Because when I'm weak, then I'm made strong. you made strong because you're depending on God and leaning on his understanding and not your own. It's good not to know. <laughs> And know that you need to lean on the everlasting arms of God. Look here. He was a farmer. He, God would call you into service. <laughs> but, but look at look what Gideon. I don't know, look what Gideon, Gideon said. How when he came to him, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. In other words, Lord, get somebody else. I come from a family that is broken. I come from a family where nobody has done anything great. I come from a family where nobody has ever thought outside the box. But God said to Gideon, that's why I chose you. I chose you because I want a people to understand that when you get to this level of success, it has nothing to do with who your family is or who your contacts are, who your frat brother or, or sorority sister is, what your last name is, who you connected to. I'm looking for people whose families are jacked up, so when I bring them out, they're going to bring their whole family out with them. Can I talk to you for a minute? Some of you all about to break a generational curse in your family that has been going on for so long. If Daniel could pray and all the generations and a whole nation to be delivered, if Nehemiah can pray and a whole nation can be delivered, why can't your family be delivered by you? Stop talking about how your daddy used to beat your mama and how your mama used to do this and do that. Break that generational curse and get on your knees and tell God, I refuse for this to pass down to my genealogy through my bloodline. I break it right now in the name of Jesus. I don't care how jacked up your family is. The more jacked up you are, the more Jesus is attracted to you because he don't want anybody to steal his glory. As long as you know it's not you, everybody around you will know it's not you because when you boast, you will boast in the Lord. It was not me. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, well, would I be? Oh, I don't understand it. I don't understand how anybody can go through any type of challenge and not give God the glory. I don't understand it. I don't understand it, and you, especially my African-American brothers and sisters, you done been through so much hell through the United States, and you still here. You made it through Ferguson versus Plessy versus Ferguson. You made it through Brown versus Board of Education. You made it through Jim Crow laws. You made it through separate but equal. You made it through the slave ship that, that Plymouth Rock, that brought you to Plymouth Rock against your will, took you from your villages, yet you still here. Your mama and daddy, your grandmama only had one pair of shoes, and now you're looking in the closet, trying to figure out what shoes go with your outfit. How dare you not give God praises? Woo. 
Lord, have mercy. You done came a mighty, mighty long way. How dare you not come in here with a praise on your lips? How dare you not come in here with a heart of thanksgiving? God has brought you out. Come on, somebody. He covered you when you got pulled over by the police. He covered you when they, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying to you right now. How can you not give him praise? I know, I know it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to have a call in your life when your family is dysfunctional. I know it's a fanatical, it's fanatical to have high expectations when you've come from a family with low aim. But God will use you to shift the family curse. The strongholds that have been holding your family back for years will fall away when he brings you through. Nobody in your family will have to set up a second best ever again. God will use you to raise the level of excellence. He told Gideon in Judges 7, I am making you a general over an army with no experience, no training, no expertise, and you worried about you only got a GED. Gideon didn't have nothing but, Gideon didn't know how to do nothing but make sandwiches. In fact, the angel came to Gideon and said, stop making bread. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? It's good to be humble and it's good to stay humble. But when God called you to a higher level, it is false humility that makes you not go. Because if God is telling you to come do something, he's saying, I qualified you. And if you tell him you're not qualified, you're telling God, I know more about me than you know about me. And if, oh, come on, somebody. If God be for you, who in heaven and hell can be against you? What can separate me from the love of God? No height, no depth, no principality, no former thing, the latter thing, nothing. Not even my own attitude, not even my own tongue, not even my own sinful nature, not even my own infirmity, not even my own shortcoming, not even my own mistakes, not even my own failures, not even my own disobedience, not even myself can separate me. How dare you tell God to call somebody else when he called you? He called God. He called, he called Abraham. He called, he called Moses to preach to the people. Moses couldn't hardly talk. That's why I, I don't think it was just theological why he said, call me I am. He just got tired of hearing Moses stutter. Just say I am. Jesus. What, 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 what I need to tell him, God? Just say I am. Just say I am sent you, because you, you you can't say a whole sentence. Taking, <laughs> taking you too long, Moses. I am. <laughs> I'm. I'm If he used Moses, I know I said 3.5, but it's really 3.6 million people that he laid out of Egypt. Because uh, the, oh, the King James says 600,000, 3 million, which means 3 million, 600,000. And then he led that many people out and, and, and couldn't talk. Couldn't talk, couldn't say nothing, but I am. How dare you worry about how God uses you? He used David and he couldn't stay out of nobody's house. Now, you need to stay out. 
He used Samson and he wouldn't leave Delilah alone. He, he used Jeremiah and he cried all the daggone time. He, he used Isaiah and he had to burn his tongue because he cussed folk out so much. He used Noah and he was an alcoholic. He used Abraham and he was a liar. He used Moses and he was a stutterer and a murderer. Come on, somebody. He, he used him. Come on, somebody. What? I better watch out. If he use these people, he can use you. But look here. See, God will use you. She said, I'm, I'm making you a general over army you don't have any experience for. But, I, 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 but, I, but I, I, I can do this. That's what he was thinking. Gideon said, I can do this because I got 32,000 soldiers. Even though it's four times, the army is four times bigger than us. We got 32,000 folks. I got you, God. And God said, no, 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 no. That's too many. Nah, move the crowd out of the way, bruh. Because they're too many, because you're going to think you did it on your own. Israel going to think they did it by themselves. Oh, yeah, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Can, can I tell you a story about this church that moved from Tavs Lane to, um, to Beachmont? Yeah, it's, it's, it's church. It ain't this church, but it's a church similar to this one. And, um, and they was about to move. And some members got mad because they were moving and they didn't want to move. And some other members got mad because uh, it became incorporated to make sure that the, that the, the loan wouldn't be put on the pastor and, and, and the elders. Because, you know, the, you know it, it didn't want to mess. You know, you want to put it on the building so nobody would own it. Because I realized why so many people think they own the church. Technically, some folk do because it's in their name. But we wanted to move from there to a whole nother level where the church owned itself and God was the overseer and not the pastor and a few folk. You, you, you see what I'm saying? And so they got mad and left, took their tithes and offerings, wrote letters. You'll never give my tithes and offerings again. And they sent us their tithes and offerings. But thank God you at least gave us some parking gifts. And I guess they thought the check was going to move us. Right? And, and so we took it. But, but then the funny thing about it, when the 20 top tithers that was upset left, tithing went up by 20% the amount of when they were here because God was like, I would take a remnant of people because nobody is going to steal my glory. And some people think because they are pillars of the community that they hold stuff up. Now, they do hold stuff up, but they also hold stuff up. You would get it when you go home. Pillars may hold stuff up, but then sometimes pillars hold stuff from happening up, and they in the way. And sometimes God got to move the traditional-minded people out of your midst. See, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. See, Moses had a staff, and the reason why people in Caleb and Joshua's generation didn't make it, and nobody in Moses' generation made it but them too, is because they didn't know how to switch with the move of God. See, that's why churches are dying in COVID-19. They're not shifting. Because they think God is in a program. They think God is in an order of service. They think God is in a building. They think God is in some type of process. But see, Moses called water out of a rock and Moses struck a rock to get water. God told him to strike the rock the first time. He told him to speak to it the second time. Got mad. Didn't let Moses in the, in, in the promised land. Why? Because Moses tried to function on today with yesterday's word. And God may have given you a word yesteryear to work one way, but wants you to work another way this year. Why? Because God doesn't want you to limit him to a strategy. 
See, Moses had a staff, and they crossed the Red Sea after it was split. But Joshua didn't even have a staff. Tell you why them church folks didn't make it. Hold on now. Moses didn't make us walk in the water first. He had a staff. You ain't even got no staff. What you, how you going to lead us without a staff? Why? It's because they were caught up in a method. God's principles don't change, but his methods do. Huh? Joshua killed folk with a sword. David killed folk with a sling and a rock. It does not matter how God does it as long as it gets done. Some people are caught up in a certain song, a certain, a certain worship style, a certain preaching style, a certain teaching style. But you got to get caught up with God. Stop loving the methods and love the God. Ooh. God said, look at him. I'm going to make you general. You're not even qualified. Yeah. That's why I like, see, see the coronavirus, I'm already prepared, again, because I already knew I didn't know what I was doing. See, some folk, after the passing 20 years, now they realize they don't know what they're doing. But if you're going to realize you didn't know what you're doing in the beginning, you wouldn't be so stressed now. You feel me? It took me zero years to realize I didn't know how to pastor. The minute some starts stressing me out, even if it's my real estate, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, I'm spending much time on real estate. You take this, I got to get in my prayer closet and get back to church because I don't know what I'm doing. I got to hear God. God will put you where you're not qualified so you won't steal his glory. People were betting on against me saying I wasn't going to make it a year here. I need to tell y'all, y'all owe me some money. I went in on the bed. I need some side money. If anybody bet it for me, I need some of that money. Whole year. He ain't going to make it a whole year. Still standing. You know some people have written you off and mad and looking at you every day on the job, wondering how you keep. You, can I tell you something about God? God will keep you in the dark about your enemy. That's why he said, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I shall fear no evil because you don't see the evil that's around you. You're walking through it, but the shadow is there. They set a trap and they thought you, they thought you knew about it, but you didn't. That's why you're looking so bold and they wondering. You know how Y.E. Coyote can't never catch the road runner? That's how your job folk feel because God has you covered and you so slow and ain't even praying enough and don't even realize how many times God saved you. Ignorance is bliss sometimes, but I still need you to get in your prayer clock. I need you to know who trying to do what. Anyway, he said, look, here's too many folk. He said, I can do it because I got 32,000. And he said, hold on, hold on, uh, getting you think because the crowd around you that they really with you. So you really don't know who with you until you get into the fight. You really don't know who with you until you say something besides hallelujah when you get mad. You really don't know who, who with you until you make a mistake. You really don't know who with you until they see that you not you human just like them. See, people look at the pastor or a leader and act like the leader don't never do nothing wrong, but as soon as they find out that the leader is flawed just like them, they want to throw you away and keep, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. When you start going through hell, when you start going through trials and tribulations, that's when you find out who with you. God said, look here, look here, look here. Go ask them if they with you or not. 
And if they scared, send them home. Yeah, yeah. See, some of y'all want to stay. Some of you all want to be in the midst of around people just so you won't be out by yourself. You need to learn how to be alone and not be lonely. See, 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 Nehemiah went without the people. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. He didn't take everybody with him. You know what my mistake was, Reverend Walden? Every time we went to go see a church, I took the whole board. But just because the board there don't mean the board with you. And so I took the whole board every time. They found something wrong with it. One time, remember I told him at 8 o'clock, remember we went to the church next door. Church, you know how far it is from this building to the street. Warwick, that's about how far the church was. So in the same, and we went there, and they were like, Deacon Brooke, they were like, uh, how the neighborhood over here? If you throw a rock, I hit New Beach Grove. It's the same neighborhood. I don't know. It might be worse crime over here. Next door, whatever going on in this neighborhood, going on in this neighborhood, because <laughs> it's the same one. But they always found something wrong. But I, and I say we should have got that building. But when I heard the certain language, how is this neighborhood? We don't know what we moving to. We walked over here. We parked our cars at Tabs Lane and walked across the parking lot to the other building. And they were like, I don't know about this neighborhood. Well, you don't know about the one we in now? And so then God said, go grab trusty Shaw. Don't take nobody else. You take him with you and you begin to work out the plan. Don't take anybody else with you. And that's when it worked. Shaw knew everybody in here. I didn't know he knew. I said, we want three builders, not two. They got mad. He smoothed it out. About three months later, they called us and said, we hear God like you hear God. And we do know you're supposed to have three builders. See, I knew what God had told me. Why? Because I had moved the crowd out the way. You know how you go with the concert going on yesterday and some of y'all were trying to talk to each other. You couldn't even hear what was going on because the music was loud. You know Daniel going to have it blowing up in here. You know, you know, you know White going to have it blowing up in here. So you couldn't hear anything, but you're trying to talk. You're trying to listen, but you can't hear. And you're like, what are you saying, huh? huh, huh? And somebody said, okay, and ain't heard nothing they said. You just want them to stop talking. And God said, move them. And 22,000 people left when he said, if you're scared, go home. You need to look to your neighbor. Not in here right now because they might. You need to ask your partner, how is it? Are you scared? You need to move out of here. If you're scared, move out the way. Somebody inboxed me on social media and they said that they were, they were tired. They, they were upset because their partner kept messing up and they were scared to move on. I said, well, won't you leave your partner alone? Start your own business. I don't want to do it by myself. You can't worry about being by yourself because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You got to move away from the crowd and let God connect you. The problem is you're so focused on the horizontal and build a relationship that you're not concentrating on the vertical. When you concentrate on the vertical, God will handle the horizontal. If you take care of your relationship with him, he'll work out your relationship with who you need to be with. He'll take away people that don't need to be there. He said, Gideon, it's too many folks. He got it down to 10,000. 
He said, okay, we still good, God. Nah, bro, two men. Take, take them to the water. And, and whoever get on their knees and, and, and just start drinking the water, get rid of them, they ain't ready. Yeah, yeah. See, 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 I believe he was saying, I, it's good to pray because we should pray in church. But, but some folk can't do nothing but pray. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. And, and he, I, God is saying, don't get nobody who always on their knees all the time and never do anything else. The Bible says you got to watch and pray. Come on, somebody. Faith without works is what? Dead. He's saying, look here, stop hanging around these Holy Ghost, Holy Corolla people who can't do nothing naturally. Have you ever asked somebody to do something they say, well, let me pray about it. It's good to pray about it, but you can tell that they're really saying no. Just tell me no. He said, stop looking for people that all they can do is pray. They can't be practical. They can't do that. Remember, James says, if your brother is hungry, feed him first. Then tell him about the word of God. You got to meet the practical need first. He's hungry, but you're trying to give him a word. Yeah, 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 I don't hear what I'm saying. See, 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 see. Look here. Stop judging folk because we all fall short of the glory of God. And it's funny how some folk can speak in tongues all day but can't talk to people. But can't say hey to nobody. Just mean. Somebody need prayer? You praying? First time visitor here. When you pray in your natural tongues, they can know what you're talking about. Babe in Christ, shut up. Trying to be too daggone holy. He said, look, get away from these people that always got to be on their knees and do nothing. Faith without works is dead. Yes, I need you to pray, but I need you to get up off your blessed assurance and do something. Look here. They took 300 folk, and God said, you good now. Gideon took 100 men with him in the middle, and just before they had to change the guard, they blew their trumpets and broke the jaws that were in their hands. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. They had three companies that blew trumpets and smashed jaws. No swords. No bow and arrows. No guns. No nothing. But jars with fire in them. Who? And trumpets. Who? Look at here. And when they blew the trumpets and smashed the jaws, grasping the torches in their left hand and holding in their right hand the trumpets, they were to blow it, they shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. They didn't have a sword, but they shouted a sword. Why? Because the sword is the, the Bible. The word is what? The sword of what? The spirit. Who? 
The, the sword of the spirit, it, the, the Bible is the sword of the spirit. They had the, the, the jars and the clay jars represents what? Earthen vessels. There's a great treasure in earthen vessels, even in your messed upness, even in your shortcomings, even in your infirmity. There's a fire in you. Jeremiah said there's a like a fire shut up in my bone. They had the torches inside of the inside of the earth, inside of the earthen vessel, and they broke it. What did this represent? God cannot use you unless you're broken. God is breaking you. He's purging you. He's pruning you. He's trimming you. He's extracting the chafe out of you to make you the man and woman of God that he needs you to be. And he smashed the clay jar. The clay jar didn't have a weapon in their hand. Why? Because the weapon is praise and worship. Can I tell you one thing? If you can learn how to praise God, even in the midst of mess, if you can learn how to praise God, even when life is not going the way that you expected to do, oh, come on, somebody. You got to learn how to fight in the spirit. And when they shout it, even though they didn't have weapons. When they shouted, the enemies got so confused, they started killing each other. Can I talk to you for a minute? You got to understand, if you learn how to shout and give God a praise, God will use evil to destroy evil. God will use your enemies to destroy themselves. Stop trying. I remember when, oh, I got to talk to you about this testimony. I remember I used to preach, and I went to Africa. Remember time I went to Africa? I came back, and and I saw all these cars at the church. I know some people might say, leave this alone. But no, no, I, I got to tell it because it helps. And if you don't agree with it, go somewhere else. So look, so I came back and God had me all this stuff with Nehemiah. He had it all together. And I came back. I don't know why I was going to be teaching Nehemiah. But when I saw the cars that were out there, I said, ooh, this is all the people that don't like me. And God had lined it up because he had already prepared what was going on. See, and, and, and I would begin to preach and people began to tell me, oh, no, so-and-so said that. That wasn't me. All these sermons, I, I had 12 sermons. I had 12 sermons and 15 Bible study lessons together. I don't know how. That was nothing but supernatural. As much as Reverend Guns were working me to death, I worked. And then at night, I'd be working on a sermon. God gave me 12 sermons and 15 Bible study lessons. I was teaching Sunday school and preaching. Whoo, shunned it and the enemy began to kill each other. Well, I ain't say that. So-and-so said that. I ain't know who said what. God will confuse your enemy if you learn how to praise him in the midst of your circumstances. Stop waiting to after you get the victory before you praise him. Learn how to praise him even in the midst of it. They broke the clay. They broke it. They lit the fire and they began to shout even though they was fighting 60, 70,000 folk with 300 they had already gave a shout of praise because they understood that God didn't need big numbers. All he needed was a remnant of an obedient people. Come on, somebody. I want to thank you, God, even in the midst of what it is. Before I already see what you do, I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm not going to wait until I see results or receive rewards. I'm going to thank you 
right now. I'm not going to wait until I feel better or things look better. I'm not, I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until people say sorry or stop talking about me. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until the pain in my body disappears. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until my financial situation improves. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until the children are asleep and the house is quiet. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until I get the promotion at work or until I get the job. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until I understand every experience in my life that has caused me pain or grief. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm not going to wait until the journey gets easier or the challenges are removed. I'm going to thank you right now. I'm thanking you because I'm alive. I'm thanking you because I made it through the day difficult. I'm thanking you because I walked around the obstacle. I'm thanking you because I have the ability and opportunity to do better. I thank you because you're moving the crowd away from me. I didn't recognize that they were haters. I didn't recognize that they wasn't with me. I didn't recognize that they were my enemies. I didn't recognize that they weren't my friends. But I'm here to tell you, God, I don't look to the crowd. I don't look to my friends. I don't look to my mama. I don't look to my dad. I don't even look to my pastor. I look toward the hills from which cometh my help because I know that even when the fire comes at me, I won't be burned. Even when the water tries to overtake me, I won't drown. Why? Because I know that you think good thoughts. Thoughts of me, not of evil, but good of an expected end. Because you love me, I don't need a crowd. I don't need your support. I don't need your hand clap. I don't need your accolades. I don't need your affirmation. I don't need your praise. I don't need your support. All I need is Jesus. And when I look to him, he'll bring you if I need you. I get it now. See, I used to think that this text, not this one, when it said, if I be lifted up, I was thinking that it meant he'll call people to be saved. But I got a revelation right now. He said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men unto you. But that all don't mean all. That all right there means I draw everybody that should be connected to you. Everybody that you should partner with. Everybody that you should be cool with. If he be lifted up. Hold on, let me let me tell you. They got to hear this. If he be lifted up, he'll draw all men and women that's supposed to be connected to you to you. The problem is you drawing men and women on your own. I know you drawing men with that short skirt. But they ain't going to stay long. You better lift him up. I know you're looking for people because they got a good name. 
But you don't know if they're really doing their taxes, you better lift him up. When you lift God up, he'll draw the right people unto you. He'll draw the right people to connect you. He'll draw the right grant writers. He'll draw the right pastor. He'll draw the right wife. He'll draw the right husband. He'll draw the right business relationship. If he be lifted up, he will draw. If he be lifted up, he'll draw. Gideon had to learn how to lift God up and not the 32,000. God got rid of 31,700 folk. Now I'm sure if we had 32,000 members and I told 31,700 people to leave, I'm sure trustee spells would want to have a meeting with me. <laughs> I'm sure Deacon Easley would want to be like, Pastor, you all right? And I'm sure that what they thought about Gideon, you can't worry what people think about you. God will call you to do some crazy stuff. It's crazy until it worked. Then when it worked, remember I told you they call crazy, they call broke people, that's, 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 that's very creative, they call them crazy. But when, you, when, your, when your invention makes it, they call you eccentric. Can I tell you right now, you ain't crazy if you're not crazy. <laughs> if you are crazy, you are. But, if you, but you're not crazy. <laughs> I'm talking to all the normal people. <laughs> no, seriously, though. <laughs> you're not crazy. You're eccentric. You just don't have the money yet for them to call you that. Whatever big dream God has for you, walk in it. Walk in it. Let them call you crazy. Let them call you crazy. But just like the woman we talked about when she had the oil and he said, bring your two sons and shut the door. Shut the door. You know what Gideon did? He shut the door on 31,700 folk because he didn't need to hear that idle chatter. He didn't need to be around people that kept saying something that didn't align with what he needed to align up with. Whew. That's why. That's why. So when I talk to you on Sunday and I say, hey, how you doing? I care about how you doing, but if you talk too long, I'm going to walk away because I got to preach. I can't take in all that stuff. And you don't need to be looking for me. You need to be looking for a word because the word is what's going to deliver you. Not Maxwell. The word that God gives Maxwell will set you free. It's going to set you free of your infirmity. It's going to set you free of your bondage. It's going to set your children free. It's going to heal your cancer. It's going to take away your ailments. It's going to annihilate your infirmities. The word of God. And when you lift him up, he'll draw all men and women unto you that need to be with you. But it'll be a remnant just like Gideon. He ain't bringing all them folk in your circle. Why? Because he don't want anybody to get the glory but him. You know why some of us not blessed? Some of us don't have the language right yet. We keep talking about what we did and how we did this and how we did that. No, if it was not for the Lord, 
Look at what God did in my life. When you start putting that language like that, God will always make you blessed. Because God will let you know he's a jealous God. If you're going to tweet out what you did, you better say it was God that did it. If you're going to put on Instagram how God, how you, how, how you were so successful, you better make sure you give God his credit. God said, Gideon, you got too many people. You all going to act like you did it yourself. All I need is a remnant. See, some of y'all are connected to people that don't give glory to God. And that's why God is not letting your business work. Because you connected to somebody who will never give God glory. And how can two walk together unless they agree? So God is saying, if this person don't believe in God and not giving me glory, you might be in the same agreement as them. You got to sever some ties. Christian folk, Christian folk, black, white, whatever color you are. I don't care what color, what nationality you are. Christian folk, stop connecting yourself with people who don't believe when you're trying to start businesses. Now, I know the wealth of the wicked are later for the righteous, and I take all the money they bring. And I might work on a program with them, but isn't that? But I'm not going to connect myself uh, with a partnership where I'm forever connected. I take the blessing God is bringing, but I'm not going to permanently connect myself to somebody I know that won't give glory to God. Because God won't bless it in my life, and He won't bless it in yours. Gideon sent all these scary folk home. Too many. Send all these folk down. Send all these people. Send, send them home. I just need a remnant. Can I talk to you for a minute? Send some of them people home. Send some of your co-workers home. Send some of your friends home. The ones you know that don't have anything to do with God. Now, I'm not saying you got to just get away from them, but at least take, give yourself two, three days just to commune with God. Some of us have not taken advantage of COVID-19. COVID-19 was a great time for you to be able to sever a relationship that needed to be severed. Well, you know I'm worried about this pandemic. So I, I catch you. Learn how to sever certain relationships that are not aligned with God. And watch him make you fruitful.